Nile, get away from the window. My father grumbled. Without a verbal response, I closed my eyes and shook my head. Unbelievable. What was I, five again? I was a grown woman. Nile, he scolded softly. I'm just looking to see if I see any. There I was, arguing with a defensive whine like one of my own kids do to me. If you see them, they can see you. Get away from the window or close the shutter. Okay, okay, more than likely he was right. I went to the window more than he knew. Looking out the window of the cabin brought back memories of doing so for the first time when I was a little girl, a comfort at times. While I had been to the cabin many times since childhood, that first time stood out from all my memories. My eyes barely gazed over the windowsill. The yard looked so big, and the trees seemed like a gigantic forest. In my youthful mind, it was as if we were on another planet, far away from everything, miles and hours out of the city. Civilization was left behind. After all, we had no television or telephone. My mother was forced to cook on a stove that was fueled by logs. She prepared meals that we either brought in coolers or my father had caught in the lake. No trips to the store. We had to make do. The evenings were spent talking, playing board games or reading. My mother, for all her love of modern conveniences, never pestered my father to update the cabin. But God forbid you had to go to the bathroom at night. It was a chilly, scary walk to what my father boasted was the coolest outhouse. It was an outhouse. Although to my father's credit, he worked out a semi-modern plumbing system, and he ended up constructing the best outhouse on the hill. He ran an insulated single line from the wellhouse to a wood-burning water heater, which ran to the kitchen and the single-stall shower off the back porch. I remembered that twenty-two pumps gave you a good three-minute shower. My father also had an obsession with getting rid of the outhouse smell, and he figured it out. After you go, toss a scoop from the ash pail, a scoop from the lime pail, and flap the vent three times. The cabin was my father's pride and joy. He and his brother bought a good chunk of land and built the cabin themselves. It took them ten years and another two years to build the perfect privacy fence around the cabin. He did that after the surrounding property was purchased and made into a modern campsite. My father bitched about them constantly, but that didn't stop him from stealing their Wi-Fi after he retired and got hooked on social media. My parents were a complete contradiction. My mother, Connie, was the sweetest woman, never complained, she went with a flow. My father, on the other hand, was and forever will be his own entity. It was like he was born from an era long ago. I attribute that to his West Virginia upbringing. He was a simple man that worked for the hardware store his entire life, and claimed he did so for the discounts. My mother was a bank teller. She died before I got my first period, and I was stuck with my father through those traumatizing puberty years. While the other kids were doing sports, having sleepovers, going to dances, my brother and I spent every weekend, rain, shine, or snow, at the cabin with my father. One day you'll need this cabin, Niles. Depending on his mood, my father bounced between calling me Niles and Niley, never my given name of Nyla. He refused to call me that because it wasn't supposed to be my name. I was supposed to be Lila, but my mother had bit her tongue so hard during labor she could not speak properly when they asked my name. 
with an inactive tongue, Lila became Nyla. Then again, calling me a nickname was par for the course with my dad. He had a nickname for everyone. I started complaining about the cabin before my mother passed away. Yep, he said. One day you'll need the cabin. Maybe write a novel, escape a nasty divorce. One of many in a string of bad marriages. Earl, my mother scolded. She's nine. I can see it coming, he said with a wink. Heck, the bombs could fall. Yes, my father in his bunker cabin. He was positive it was the best escape plan for a nuclear holocaust. It was far away from the city, had well water, no need to rely on anyone, a cool fence to keep out marauders, and those hideous indoor blocks of wood he called shutters that he claimed would block out the sun that carried tiny particles of radiation that would eat you alive and make you bald. Earl, you're scaring her, my mother said. Sweetie, the bombs aren't coming. Yeah, Daddy, I joined the argument. There's not gonna be a nuclear war. Don't dismiss it, he shook his head. Reagan's got his finger near the button, Nile, right there hovering over that red button in a ready, set, go manner, just waiting on the Ruskies to fire one off. And then... My father proceeded to mimic the sound of explosions with various mouth noise. Everything gone, vanished, dust. Except, you know, this cabin. Yep. He picked up the newspaper. We could have a nuclear war, or worse. Worse than a nuclear war? Really? Back then, the thought of something more vile than a nuclear war scared me. But my father, in all his twisted glory, was right. In my mind, it was something worse that happened, that caused us to retreat to my father's holy ground. And that cabin, which was a prison to me in my teen years, had become nothing less than a sanctuary.